Shabbat Shalom, Chag Sameach. I want to just begin by talking about how beautiful the service has been this morning. Um, it's a strange thing to observe it and uh, see it through a screen, but even so, even with the limitations of not being in person, I really felt the warmth and the uh, beauty of the music and the people and all of you, of course, who are joining us from everywhere that you are joining us. <clears throat> and I want to begin this morning on Shmini Atzeret and Shabbat by talking about the idea of this holiday in a different way. And in order to do that, I need to bring you back to Sukkot for a minute. On Sukkot, as you know, you carry around the lulav and the etrog, which is a very strange thing. It is unlike any other celebration that exists in the Jewish year. You walk around with a long green branch, actually several branches, and the Jewish equivalent of a lemon, and you chant things. But there is in this a hidden tikkun, a hidden healing for some of the sins of Jewish history. And if we understand this tikkun, we will understand yet another reason why Shmini Atzeret leads so beautifully into the Yisker, the memorial service. So take a walk back with me a little bit and remember that in the Torah, there are a few great sins that the people commit. The best known is the golden calf. There is also the rebellion of Korach. But the one that convinces God that they are not yet ready to go into the land is the sin of the Muraglim, the sin of the spies. Moshe appoints 12 spies to go into Eretz Israel, the land of Israel. Two of them, Yehoshua and Kalev, come back not only with positive reports of the land, but with positive reports of the possibility of taking the land. But the other spies do not. They come back and say, the people are his giants. We felt like grasshoppers next to them. We're scared. And that lack of faith in the land that God had promised doomed them to further wandering. But I want to remind you of the words that are used by the spies about the land. Um, in the charge that they are given, they're asked, are there trees there? And take of the fruit of the land. That's why you notice the Israel Torah symbol is carrying the grapes, right? Two people carrying grapes with a stick um, between them. That's a memory, an artistic rendering of the spies coming back from the land. So what is it that we want to know? Are there trees there and take me pre ha'aretz? When we come to Sukkot, 
what do we do? Velakachtem pri its hadar. Take the fruit tree, the hadar, right? And that's part of the of the uh, lulav. And so there is clearly a verbal affinity. That's what biblical scholars call it. In other words, a tie to the words between vilakachtem in the first place with the spies and vilakachtem to us about the lulav, the pre, the fruit, and the pre, and also the eights, the tree, and the eights. And in that sense, because the lulav and the etrog are products of the land of Israel, we are saying we acknowledge the fertility of the land that God has promised. And that is the beginning of the tikkun, that we, like the spies of old, realize that it is a good land. But Shmini Atzeret, remember, is the time when after all the sacrifices were offered, God wanted the people to stay a bit longer. Shmini, an eighth day, the normal, the normal uh, unit is seven. This is the eighth. So what is God saying? I want you to stay a little, a little longer than normal to the point where you even disregard the fruits of the land just to appreciate your possession of the land. Because Shmini Atzeret is a celebration that has its culmination in the temple and the gathering in Jerusalem, which is only possible when we're in the land. What does all this mean? It means that we took what the spy said one step further. Not only does the land yield beautiful fruit, but even on the days when we don't hold that fruit, right? Because by Shmini Atzeret, we have already gotten rid of the lulav and the etrog. We did that on Hoshana Rabbah yesterday. But even though we have gotten rid of it, we still cling to the land. The spies could only see the goodness of the land, but they were afraid of the land itself. We not only see its goodness, but we love the land. And in that sense, it is a tikkun, a healing for the sin of the spies. And what makes it so remarkable, but characteristic of Jewish history is that it is mentioned before the story of the spies. Because the rabbis teach us before God inflicts the wound, God gives you the healing. Which tells us that the possibility of healing exists even before the wound is given. So we come to Yisker. We have within us the power to deal with loss before loss strikes. We may not discover it yet. We may not understand it yet. We may not have made it our own as we have made the land our own, even when the fruit is gone. But it's there. It's there. We had the power to deal with this pandemic before it struck. Now we are uncovering that power bit by bit, slowly, but it was in our hands 
We just didn't know we needed it. Don't forget, every medicine, every vaccine, it is created from things that already exist. We had that power in our hands, we just didn't know it yet because we didn't need it yet because we had not yet felt the wound. When someone we love dies, we're wounded. And sometimes we think, how will I ever get past this? Not get over it, but get past it. That is still feel it with me because we always feel the loss with us, but how do I go on living? But of course we have that power. It is in us already. And very often it is the people whom we've lost who have given us the power to deal with their loss. It is their love, their teaching that enables us to do what it is we need to, to live on even though they're no longer here. As a rabbi, I have had the honor and the privilege of presiding over many funerals where people all of a sudden realize as they speak about the person whom they've lost, how much they have taken for their own lives and how much that learning will enable them to continue to live even in the absence of the one whom they love. That's part of the lesson of Shemini Atzeret. It is the eighth day. It's after it has happened. After you have to deal with the loss. And it is the tikkun. It is the repair of the sins and breaks of the past to once again gather, to once again pray, to once again feel that it is in our power, not only in our souls, but in our connection with God, to remember, to honor, to live up to the legacy of those whom we remember and those whom we love.